The mind is a beautiful instrument. It is a aspect of ourselves that is truly necessary in life. We use the mind in many ways in order to live, to study and to enact a livelihood. Many processes of life demand a mental response. But the mind, as we know from our studies, can be used in two ways. It can be utilized by our own desires, our ego, our defects, pride, ambition, fear, resentment, lust. Or the mind can be cultivated with understanding, with intuition, with wisdom. This is primarily done by the essence, the soul, the consciousness. The mind has a marvelous potential that is often misunderstood, primarily because our contemporary understandings of the mind are very much centered around an egotistical basis, subjective rationality, reasoning, the constant battle of thesis and antithesis, good and bad, comparison, contrast, yes and no, belief or disbelief. We often ignore in our Western culture how the mind, which can store data and information, is in itself a simple tool that has its relevant utility, but also its spiritual use. There is a spiritual way to use the mind. And this is something that we comprehend very deeply in meditation. To have a receptive, calm, equanimitous mind. One that is intuitive and can understand, that can comprehend life. Without having to deliberate with the intellect, with a theory, with a label, with a concept. Contrary to popular opinion, the mind in itself is material. It has a matter and energy that is concrete. It has a very definite reality. We often think of the mind and our thoughts as something ephemeral or imaginary, insubstantial or inconsequential, like the assumption that we can think whatever we want and that it'll have no consequence. But as anyone is evidenced by walking down the street on a given day and suddenly feeling someone looking at ourselves, we turn and find that there's a stranger perhaps down the sidewalk who is examining us. That's a sense that is not physical, but we felt the mind of that person. It's a form of matter, energy, and perception that is very real and that has very palpable effects. On a deeper level, 
the mind is a body. We commonly think of our mind as a extension of our physical brain, an epiphenomenon. Consciousness being the product of our brain cells. But this is a wrong assumption because the mind or the experience of thought is processed within the vehicle of our body physically. However, the mind and its true origin is a vehicle in itself. A lot of people study the astral body, the astral vehicle, which we travel with in dreams. But we also have a mental body, a body that processes thought, the energies of mentality. As we see in this image from Master Moria's Dayspring of Youth, we see a beautiful figure with an immaculate aura, which is fluidic and yet luminous. He carries the symbol of Mercury in his left hand, the caduceus or staff of the great patriarchs, because the mind is deeply related with the science of Mercury, esotericism, science, occult wisdom, mystical knowledge. The mind and the mental body is like the physical body, just as the astral body is like the physical body. It has organs, it has its blood, its texture, its characteristics, its physiology, its chemistry. In the same way that physically we have a heart and a body that knows how to run itself, the mind is very similar. Although it exists in a dimension that is not as material as our physical plane, but yet it is a form of matter. And because it has its own physiology and manner of functioning, it is also liable to sicknesses. The mind in itself can be deeply affected by our environment. This is evidence by simply examining the type of spaces we inhabit or that we are attracted to, that we gravitate towards. The mental body is a material organism which has its anatomy and its occult ultra physiology, according to Saman Vior. And very much that physiology of the mental body, the mental organism, is a reflection of our surroundings. As I was saying, we often assimilate energies and qualities from our particular habitat, which as we are training ourselves in this science, we find deeply relates to our mental health, the health of our mind. It's very common to look at humanity now to see that the types of environments we saturate ourselves with are ones of addiction, of crime, of prostitution, of negativity, of negative thoughts and emotions. The mind in itself has to be cared for. The mental body has to be cultivated, as we see in this image. This aura 
is known as the silver shield, according to Moria. It is like a mental sheath or cloak which surrounds the mind. And as we are practicing our exercises of transmutation, of pranayama, of sexual alchemy, we invigorate our psychology with a type of force that is very dynamic and knows how to surround ourselves with a type of protective force. This silver shield is made up of the atoms of our transmutations, of our mental force. And this shield is very much responsible for our mental health, our mind, our quality of life. When this silver shield is strong, profound, invigorated through our exercises, it protects us from a lot of bad things, which infect the mental environment of our home, of our work, of our cities. It's important that we understand what the mental body is from experience. And that we take good care to understand how it functions, how the mind functions, how this vehicle operates, because it subsists through our physical brain or what we experience as thought manifests through the mental body into our physicality. But this organism has to be charged with force, has to be protected, has to be developed. What's interesting about this image is that you see a lot of different fluids surrounding this figure of the mental body, which very much has a quality like the sexual matter. It is the fluidic sexual energy that is circulating in a conscious way through this organism. This is the energy that heals and protects the mind that operates the silver shield so that our mind is not influenced by any type of negativity in the world. Now, the thing to remember is that many people who enter our studies often carry with them a lot of different imbalances. Perhaps they do not take care of their mind, their mental body due to bad habits. And therefore they have sicknesses of the mind. The reason why people become mentally ill, whether with schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder, paranoia, delusions, dissociative identity disorder, many types of conditions which afflict people, some rare, some more prevalent, is because there is a condition or sickness within the mental body. Nature operates in levels, in different strata of dimensionality and experience. The mental body operates in the fifth dimension, along with the astral vehicle. And when that mental body gets sick because of our bad mental habits, that karma, that condition affects the physical brain, and therefore manifests in the person's life as a mental illness. This is why Salman Vior stated the following in Esoteric Medicine and Practical Magic. 
when the sicknesses of the mental body crystallize in the physical brain, then madness is the outcome. We study within the supersensible worlds, the anatomy and physiology of the internal bodies of the human being. So in the case of someone who is some type of professional psychological diagnosis, some type of disorder, oftentimes the illness of the mental body has become so severe that physically there is a chemical imbalance in the brain. And therefore it could become necessary for such persons to treat themselves accordingly, whether through some type of medicine in combination with some exercises that we're gonna give. Now, regardless if one has suffered a type of mental illness or has been diagnosed clinically, the truth is that all of us to some degree have a type of mental disequilibrium. We often tend to think too much or rationalize too much, especially in the West. But fortunately for us, even though we may have some type of psychological crutch or the mind is weak or disordered, paranoid, afflicted, there are ways to cure the mind. We use mantra. Mantra literally means mind protection. And because mantra is a vibration of sound, spiritual force, and energy, it is a means by which the divine becomes psychological. The divine, the force of divinity, which is a force of healing, can enter within the consciousness and also the mental body through the use of these curative words. Samanvir refers to this mantra for healing the mental body as S-M-Hon. This mantra is very powerful. It has the curative properties of spiritual elements that help to repair the silver shield of the mental body gradually with practice and with great efficacy. A lot of people who suffer from some type of sensitivity, whether psychologically or psychically with their environment, with other people, can learn to control that part of themselves and gain stability of mind by learning to work with these mantras. I've known some people who've suffered perhaps schizoaffective or schizophrenia, schizoaffective being some type of auditory or visual hallucinations or paranoid delusions coupled with a type of mood disorder. I've known people who have suffered these types of conditions who have worked with this mantra, who originally were very sensitive around other people, their environment, feeling that other people can read their thoughts and other types of thinking. Instead, by working with this mantra, the consciousness of such students have been able to harmonize, to be balanced, to not be so affected by the external world, by other people's energy, by other people's thoughts, by the environment. S.M. Hon saturates the silver shield of the mind 
with curative force so that it is charged with a vital energy of a Christic type that empowers the soul and helps the mind to be receptive, to not be so active, thinking all the time, associating and labeling one's experiences, interpreting or skewing reality in accordance with one's fears or prejudices. This mantra, according to Samal and Vior, must be vocalized daily for one hour. So maybe you have time in your schedule to work with this mantra for 30 minutes in the morning. That's fine. Followed by 30 minutes in the evening. You can break it up that way. But if you do have the time and the means, it's good to be able to sit for one hour and really dive deep into these sacred sounds. An hour of this mantra can really radically change a person, regardless if they have a mental illness or not. All of us, to a degree, have some type of imbalance. But obviously, people who have a clinical diagnosis obviously have some type of severity to their condition. But this mantra can help. Equilibrate the mind, relax it, help to control its perceptions, to help it be receptive and intuitive. In combination with this vocalization, what we'll do today is also invoke superior intelligences that work with this sacred mantra. Salmanvayar also states that the disciple must invoke daily the Archangel Raphael and Hermes Trismegistus, supplicating them to heal his mental body. As we said, the mind relates to Mercury, to esoteric science. The Archangel Raphael is the head of the spiritual ray of medicine. And Hermes Trismegistus is a great doctor. These initiates and masters help us internally if we know how to invoke them, to call upon them with sincerity. And by doing this mantra and praying to that intelligence of the mind, these Gnostic doctors internally can be helping you. They help to heal the mind. They perform practices and work with the energies you are invoking in yourself in order to produce a type of healing. So one thing to think about are the vowels themselves. Specifically, the vowel S reminds us of the chakra muladhara, the base of our spine. This is where the sacred fire of Kundalini is coiled three and a half times asleep within normal people. But the vowel S activates the sexual force, helps it to rise up the spinal column, the caduceus of mercury, so that the fire reaches our head, illuminates the mind. The caduceus of Mercury is the science of the mind. Now, what's interesting too is that with this series of mantras, we also vocalize the vowel M because the letter M is considered a consonant for most people, but is a vowel with an esotericism. It vibrates with a certain keynote within our spine to activate latent forces in us. The vowel M vibrates at the prostrate in men and the uterus in women. It activates the water element so that that water charged with the fire below it rises up the spine again to the mind. 
So we're working with the fire and the water of our sexual creative energy. And by deep prayer and concentration, bringing that transmuted element up to our head, we then exhale very profoundly with a vowel H like this. That breath works upon the mental body very deeply. The vowel H, the breath like the rune Hagal is the creative spiritual movement of divinity that operates through the sacred sound of our breath. And then as you're exhaling the vowel H, you say, Hon. So that energy which you had in your mind descends to your heart because the vowel O activates the heart chakra. So what we're doing in this series of mantras by prolonging each vowel is transmuting the sexual energy and sending it to the mental body, praying to the Archangel Raphael and Hermes Trismegistus to help facilitate the healing of the mind. That energy goes to the mental body in order to fortify the silver shield and also clear the intellect of any type of obscuration. This mantra can produce astral projections, lucid dreams, awakening within the mental plane. And if you're really diligent with this exercise and you're learning to circulate the sexual energy, to clear your mind as you're falling asleep, especially pronouncing this mantra for an hour, you can wake up in the mental plane and look to the sky to see a reflection in that astral or mental environment of your mental state, your quality of being. If the skies are cloudy, it means the mind is still very obscured. But if you see stars, you are learning to remember God. Esam Hon can help awaken you very deeply. It's a very powerful mantra, series of mantras. It sounds like this. You, you basically pronounce each vowel separately. When you pronounce these mantras, you should focus on how the fire is rising up your spine from the Muladhara Chakra, how the waters of your prostrate or uterus vibrate with the vowel M. And then as you're bringing that energy down to your heart for the vowel H and O, the letter N helps to vibrate with the mind. 
It's kind of a nasally sound. You can feel it in your brain, this vibration. Part of this practice is to focus on the vibration of the energies in you, in your body, but also to concentrate within and to continue to pray to the Archangel Raphael and the masters of medicine to heal you. So what we'll do is we will begin our practice. Find a comfortable position, one where you can relax your body and forget about it. Breathe deeply, inhaling through our nostrils and exhaling through our mouth. Let us pray to our inner God. Pray to our innermost. Pray to our Divine Mother. Let us ask our being to invoke the Masters of Medicine in the name of Christ. By the power of Christ, for the majesty of Christ, Archangel Raphael, 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 Master Hermes Trismegistus, Hermes Trismegistus, Hermes Trismegistus. Lords of the mind, we beg you to descend within our physicality and within our mental body in order for Christ to heal the mind, fortify our silver shield with divine spiritual force to calm the mind and to clear away all vagueness, all incoherence, distraction, confusion, disorder. We beg you, masters of medicine, to illuminate our mind in accordance with the will of Christ and for the betterment of humanity. Help us to be a useful instrument of our inner God. And we beg thee, Divine Mother, Divine Father, to teach us about the mind, to know how to use it with wisdom, with compassion. Let us do the vowels.
Mm. 
Let us become aware of our mental state, the quality of our mind, 
Let us give thanks to the archangels of medicine, the hierarchs of Mercury, for their intercession, and to our inner divinity, our being, who allows us to be able to work and to change. <laughs> 